Okay, got the podcast recording. Hey, this is Big John on Americana, the American Way. Uh, This is going to be a recording that my original podcast partner and I did uh, earlier this evening. It may or may not have shown up on Anchor.fm by now. And uh, here you go. little relaxation music there in the background for you while I'm finding this file again. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey what's going on? Hey, I've got um, a fan going in the background. Sounds like we're talking in the megaphones or something. If, if it's drowning out the noise or making a problem, let me know and I'll turn it off. No, I think we're good. Good because I would sweat like a it, racehorse. It has been hot as Haiti all of a sudden here in Ohio. Yeah, so. and more than that, brother, you, you're like me. You don't live in an air conditioned home. No, we we got uh, nice, sturdy, older houses here that we're we're living in. So. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 the thing that makes it bearable is it can get hot during the day you know and you can play games with the shades and the windows and everything because sometimes you don't want to leave the windows up even if it's hot and the sun's coming in on that side of the house because then you're just letting heat in right but if it can get down you know low 70s or certainly into the high 60s then you're fine because you're sleeping and you're comfortable but when it gets to the point uh, and people who are listening to your broadcast here, uh, if you live in a high humidity area or a high temperature and humidity area, if, if it is one or the other and it's in the mid-70s even or certainly the 80s sometimes in the mid-70s, you got to turn that in. You, we, got, we got window units for our bedrooms and we turn those suckers off. Oh, yeah, you have to. And you know the rule. You know the rule for AC and heat. Do you know the rule? No, what's that? So it's no cool before the end of school uh-huh. and no heat before trick-or-treat. Well, that's true, yeah. So you don't turn the AC on or window units until school is over, which is typically first or second week of June, and, and that can be a tough putt. And you certainly don't turn the heat on until Halloween. That's true. And that's, that's it. You, you'll save a lot of money. You'll save a lot of money. Yeah, you got a point there. But this weather's been so crazy. I mean, we've had well, last week we had frost and freeze warnings, though, uh, in May, at the beginning of May. So, I was talking to my neighbor, and I, and I said, the only thing crazier than what we've had, which was, uh, I think, one weekend in April, it was 80. Two weeks later, we had snow here in yeah. the Cleveland area. And uh, then two weeks after that, it was 80 again. <laughs> or a week after that it was 80 I said yeah. I told my neighbor I said the only thing that is crazier than this was 
It was in the mid or maybe even early 90s. It sleeted on Memorial Day. Yeah. Do you remember that? I think I do actually remember that. My dad and my uncle and myself and my neighbor and her parents were all very active and some other neighbors as well with cookouts. You know, when I was growing up, when we were growing up, we had cookouts. And, and, you know, you get a, you get a charcoal Weber pit grill and, you know, you cook out drinking bush beer and smoking cigarettes and take your shirt off. And that's, that was life growing up. That was middle class, working class. That's what we did. And uh, so we, we, Memorial Day was always a big deal for that. And we were excited and all of a sudden, Memorial Day showed up. Uh, I don't know if it was the Sunday or the Monday. It may have been the Sunday. And I just remember we got the grill on, but we were all huddled up inside the garage, or it was a barn, a barn garage that we had, and uh, <laughs> we were freezing our twigs and berries off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No one knows what this weather's going to do next. Uh, you know, we had the climate change gurus going nuts, and it's like no one knows but God. So, well, uh, no one knows what's got but God. That's exactly right. And we also don't. We need to start owning up to what we know we don't know, and just say we don't know. I mean, the Earth has been around. For how many years, you know, uh, and man has been around for a fraction of that. Uh, I comparison one time to a, uh, a a yearly calendar. If the Earth started on January first, when did man show up? And yeah. it was like at eleven forty on December thirty first. So <laughs> there's so much of recorded history on this earth like what is normal you know people talk about climate change yeah i i don't know what normal is um you know is it a big deal if a arctic um ice shelf breaks off or is that something that happens you know i know greenland has gone from you know hot to cold warm to hot to cold to warm to cold to hot i mean that continent is is laced with evidence of dramatic climate changes over thousands and thousands of years. So I don't doubt that there is climate change. I doubt that we control it, that man can control it. Man can impact the environment, but I don't know if we can actually change the climate, you know? Right. Well, I, you know, one of the things you talk about the Arctic ice shelf, uh, every time a lot of it melts off or they're exploring something, they're finding bodies, and they say, "Well, like ancient, like ancient bodies, ancient bodies, yeah, like for people frozen in the ice, you know." And so that when I was a kid, we were taught these places were uninhabited. Well, they were inhabited somehow, some way, you know. Uh, and I also read or heard somewhere that through core ice core samples or something, they found that uh, the carbon dioxide was a lot higher pre-ice uh, age. 
<clears throat> that's why you had so many plants and things on the earth. Well, I, I wonder if those people are frozen in that ice because at a period of time, the climate did warm and allowed them to traverse those areas. Uh, you know, Greenland is not necessarily uh, solid earth. You know, it's, it's an ice shelf. And so maybe there were opportunities for, for man in those early days. Climate thawed and they started to, to roll. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it, it changed. <laughs> and they got and they froze. I mean, it's like Mount Everest. I mean, the other day somebody uh, trying to climb Mount Everest and passed out. And, uh, you know, they, and they don't get rid of those bodies up there. Uh, or if they do, it takes a while. And so they get frozen. So God only knows what people are going to find in years to come. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh, just strange how, like, uh, it seems like to me the scientists are proving themselves wrong and they, they don't know it. Uh, well, but you hit, well, that's so true on COVID, what we've gone through in this last year. Uh, yeah. There's a lot that we know. There's a lot that we should believe and trust. But there's also way more that we don't know. And I think that's what's got people so uh, on edge and what has stressed people out is they, they can hear the scientists and the experts and the politicians and the news people talk out of both sides of their mouth and they don't know what to believe. And so, you know, sometimes people should just be honest what you know and what you don't know. But I think you hit the nail on the head. It, at the end of the day, this whole thing that we're in here it's it's god's plan and that doesn't mean that we don't have agency and free will uh but on some things we we have to recognize a higher power and i don't think there's anything wrong with professing that and i don't think there's anything wrong with believing no it's just so many people today want to think that they're above god whether it's dr falsey as i've come to know him uh or whoever, you know, they want to think they're smarter than God and they, they've studied so much. And it's like, if we've never had a pandemic like this in our lifetimes, uh, how do we know how to act? Yeah, we took a ton of precaution at the beginning, which was good. I'm, I agree with that. When you don't know and you hear it's going to be lethal, then be over precautious. But, you know, I was a, a essential worker because of what I drive for a living. And I come in contact with 10, 20 people. I, I'm like getting nervous. Uh, it's like middle of April 2020. Because that's what you're told, right? Yeah. They're telling you this is going to be the deadliest two weeks of this thing if you don't stay at home. I'm like, well, you know, I, you're like, I can't stay at home. I got to do this. Yeah, this is my life. And people in my family weren't working, so I had to help them out. I'm like, hey, if I can go out and work, I'm going to go out and work. That This is when Dr. Fauci and the, the people in the media were saying, don't wear a mask. We have to save the masks for the important people. They're the only ones that are really at risk. Uh, wearing a mask won't help you. And then two months later, they totally changed their tune. But anyhow, when masks were bad for you, let's say, I was out there contacting 20, 30 people a day, never got sick. 
And this was supposed to be during the deadliest two weeks of the pandemic. And of course, later on, it got more deadly because uh, uh, because it's a it's a virus. You don't got any control over it. Nobody. But has I think it's, I think it's safe to say though, um, you took precautions. Oh yeah, I lysoled my car. I used uh, sanitary sanitizing wipes. Uh, washed my hands a lot. Uh, and you know, I I can remember going up to you know the the door handle going into the gas station or wherever grocery store and uh, wrapping my hand in my shirt and grabbing the door handle through my shirt. You know, the little precautions like that, common sense. And you know, I think honestly, there's a lot of herbal uh, cures or preventatives out there. Uh, but uh, like zinc and vitamin C and vitamin D. Uh, uh, what's the other one that's good uh, for your? Well, it don't matter. I'm not a doctor, so. But bleach? I think there's. Are, you want to take bleach? <laughs> yeah, you take a shot of bleach every morning. You're gonna be. If you can live through that, <laughs> nothing will kill you. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but, I mean, um, and and you and I both are suspect class to this virus. I mean, we're. Uh, medium to high risk, you and I both. Um, uh, and I personally think that I had in, uh, 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 in February of 19. Because mm. I, I came down, and I've told this story before, I came down with something, and I just remember thinking, I have forgotten how to breathe at, late at night, like laying in bed, afraid to go to sleep because I was always waking up short of breath. And I was short of breath during the day, and I was just off. And it was a, it, and it was an off in a weird way because it wasn't the flu, but I knew I was sick. And I and it was around Valentine's Day in February of 2019, and I was completely level. And at, even at one point, I I told my wife, I said, I can't go anywhere today. And for me, that's a big deal, you know. Um, and I said, I, I got to stay home. I can't go anywhere. And uh, I, and the weird thing is, is it, what confounded me was, is I wasn't necessarily running a fever. Like when you get the flu, you run a fever for a while and it's consistent. This was not necessarily a strong, a come and go fever. And it, it was just a bizarre thing. And, um, I, and, and so then, you know, a month later or so, they talk about COVID, and then you start learning about the symptoms. And I'm sitting here going, man, I think I already had this. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of people at the end of 2019 and that area, uh, time frame, that were going into the hospital and coming back with a diagnosis of a unidentified respiratory virus. Because they didn't have a name for it yet. They didn't know that you know, it was out in the public. And you want to know what's weird is there were people, at least like in north central Ohio in the Mansfield area, and it could have been other areas, but I happened to hear a first-hand account of someone from this area that said, I had exactly what you said. And I went to my county hospital and they said, we don't know what's going on around here. you got to go to another hospital. We're booked. And so this guy was like, I got to go somewhere else. Wow, that, yeah, that's, 
That's crazy. And, so you it, know, it does make you think that this thing was over here and we didn't know what it was. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, nobody has control of a virus. Uh, you know, they say that this vir- the handling of the virus cost Trump the election. I think the way he handled it in the media cost him the election. But if you look at the things he did, it, he could no government could have done any more than what our government did to get a handle on this. Oh, I agree with that. And, and, I, and I would agree mostly uh, the media screwed Trump or was a contributor and screwing Trump, but Trump also gave him a lot of rope. I remember yeah. those press conferences that seemed to start around three or four o'clock in the afternoon and went till six or seven, like two or three hours, this guy. And I know what he was thinking. He was like, I'll sit up here and I'll answer every effing question you have and I'm gonna give it back to you and I'm gonna show you that I'm in charge. And really all that that did when you pair that up with what the governors were doing in their press conferences earlier in the day, it was creating uncertainty. There was no coordinated message. Trump had a message. Our, our federal response had a message. And it was a good message. And it was a positive message. Some say they were trying to downplay. I, I say he was trying to give us hope. And these governors were coming in and telling us, you know, this is a bubonic plague. We're all dead. And then yeah. the American, you know, and everyone's getting drunk by two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And then they tune into Trump and he's looking like, you know, the media is making him look like a crazy man for two or three hours. And so by eight o'clock, people want to jump out of a window. <laughs> well, speaking of, you know, press conferences, uh, what do you think of uh, Mr. Cuomo, Governor Cuomo wins an Emmy for his outstanding press conferences and then a couple months later we found out he killed about 15,000 senior citizens by sticking COVID patients I shouldn't laugh but I'm laughing at the Emmys Uh, he put these COVID patients in nursing homes and killed the elderly yeah and it wasn't by accident they knew what they were doing they did not they knew that some people were dying and they tried to blame this on Trump early on. And so Trump said, here's the ship. We'll refit the thing and we'll send it down to you. They thought, here's how evil these people were in New York. They thought we got a problem here and there's no way anyone's going to solve it. These people are going to die. We'll just blame Trump. It'll take months. Well, Trump got that ship down to New York in like a day or, you know, whatever it was. And made a big deal of it and showed up at the the, 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 the send-off and nobody used it. And they yeah. didn't use it. This is what's sick, Big John. This is what a lot of your listeners and my listeners need to know why this happened. They knew they were trying to dump the deaths on Trump. When that didn't work because Trump, you know, took ownership of this and solved the problem, they didn't put anybody on that ship then. When they knew they could, right? That's what they said they wanted. Because had they taken those elderly people out of the nursing homes and put them on those ships, then those nursing homes, which have a powerful lobby and a powerful 
and big pocketed uh, campaign deal, not just in New York, but in a lot of states, oh, yeah. they would have lost the Medicaid money. They would have lost their reimbursements. They would have lost money. Yeah. So Cuomo knew that he couldn't get these. He knew he could never mass evacuate nursing home patients from those nursing homes uh, for that reason. And also it would have made Trump look like a hero. And, you know, another thing, yeah, Trump bragged uh, and did a lot to uh, invoke the uh, what was called the military defense act. defense act to make those respirators. And they found out that early on, a lot of people died because they were on respirators. They vented people too early. Yeah. When they should have used a, a CPAP or a BiPAP and then went to a respirator as a last resort. Cause when that respirator takes over, you're breathing for you. It actually weakens your lungs a little bit. Weakens your lungs. And that's one of the reasons why as this thing went along, you know, people, and and like you said earlier, you know, legitimately so, and we don't know what's going on, you know, you take some precautions. But as this thing went along and we learned how to treat this thing, people weren't dying as fast. Yeah, hospitalizations were up and ICUs were up and people were still freaking out over that for political reasons and for other reasons. But people weren't dying. I was telling people, you know, at certain points throughout the year, hey, yeah, the hospitalizations are up. We're not overwhelmed, but where's the deaths? And yeah, we did have a spike in deaths. There's no doubt about it. Uh, A couple spikes, at at least. Um, But we learned how to treat this thing. And that gets at other, other issues, you know, Fauci, or whatever it is you call him, um, he's got blood. Can I be honest? I think he has blood on his hands for a lot of reasons, in my view. Uh, And and I think some of the reporting that's out there, you could draw this conclusion. And for whatever reason, he did not, was ever warm to the idea that you could treat this thing. Unlike most other viruses and things that are in our... uh, in our world, you seek to find a treatment and then you seek to find a vaccine. And right. if you don't have a treatment and it's a real big deal, then you give vaccines to people in an emergency way. We had treatments. Um, what, what were some of those treatments? Um, what was it? Remdesivir or uh, hydroxychloroquine? Hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir. Uh, they, if you went to the hospital, you got a super high dosage of zinc, uh, it, it, not like a pill that you get on the store shelf like I take every day, but a, uh, a, a you know, thousands of milligrams or thousands of milligrams of vitamin C and vitamin D through an IV. Uh, that's one of the things they treat people with first are high doses of vitamins. And then, right, and they didn't. Yeah, but why? Good. Why didn't Fauci want to talk about that? I mean, did you see? He had almost like a violent reaction when people said remdesivir and hydroxychloroquine specifically. And when Trump said, "Hey, I think hydroxychloroquine," like Fauci went off the rails. It may, it, 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 I mean, we could go on, but that makes you wonder, like. 
They never wanted a treatment for this state. They wanted people to be in an apoplectic state for a period of time because they never thought they would get uh, a vaccine uh, as quickly as we did. And that's thanks to Donald Trump, Operation Warp Speed. Now, we still don't know if this is a fully effective vaccine because it is not uh, 100% approved. It's emergency use. Uh, And and that's fine. I got it. I'm vaxxed twice and I would take it. And, you know, I felt safe taking it. Um, So I'm good to go. But But the deal is, I don't even think they felt we would be at that point right now. I honestly think Fauci, for whatever reason, and we can get into like the origins of this thing. He honestly thought that it would be, you know, another year or so of no vaccine and a mask and then maybe a trial vaccine or, but he never wanted a treatment. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that just perplexed me like a doctor in the middle of a pandemic right? would not want a treatment for the American people. Yeah, it's strange uh, the way the doctors and the scientific community handled it. I think uh, the uh, Surgeon General, I think the CDC did pretty well. Uh, and it was an evolving, ever-changing situation. And I was the hugest mask advocate until that video of Fauci saying, don't wear a mask, it's not going to help, started resurfacing. And then I'm, I remember, oh, yeah, that's right, they did say that at the beginning. And then he goes and says, well, I lied because... I, I wanted to save the masks for the doctors and nurses. It's like, well, were they effective or not? Were you, were you going, willing to kill so many people because the nurses and doctors were more important? Uh, uh, just crazy shit. No, but, he, lost, he lost all credibility. Certainly, maybe even before then, but he lost all credibility on that one. Because that's what we were talking about. We want people to shoot straight with us, and they weren't. And so people, like there was a there was a something from that was reported on Twitter earlier today from the Hill. Um, it says half, you know, citing polling data, half of the American people do not trust to this day the advice they get from the CDC. And I, I'm sitting here going. Well, isn't that interesting because that basically tracks with the vaccination rate for the country overall. Um, so, yeah. and, and so why is that? And that's because of Anthony Fauci. Um, yeah. You know, he, he was all over the place. And look, let me tell you this. When, when the mask thing came out, and you know, we've talked, you, I didn't have a problem. It, did, it, did, it didn't bother me the fact that the government was saying, hey, wear a mask. I never felt this attack on my agency of, of me as a person. What I did have a problem with is when they said we couldn't show up at church. Um, you know, I, got, I had big problems with that. Um, oh, yeah. Because that's, that's constitutional stuff there. Um, and then I later had issues with you know, the, the movement restrictions that they put on us. But I never had a problem with the mask. And so, 
Like when Biden and other people say, like, Trump is responsible for the politicization of the mask. No, I think people said F the mask when they found out exactly what you just said. You know, it's like everything you've said to this point has been bogus. Millions of people aren't dropping dead. Thousands of people a day aren't dropping dead. Not just getting sick, but dropping dead. And now all of a sudden you're telling us in the first of April, middle of April, we all now have to wear masks. And so the people, this wasn't political. It was like people saying, this doesn't make any effing sense. Open up. (laughs) Right. Well, look at another thing. Uh, Just a, a a month ago, they were saying, even if you get the vaccine, you still have to wear the mask because the vaccine only protects you. Uh, the virus still lives in your nasal cavity and you could still spread it. But now, a month later-ish, they're saying, okay, if you had your vaccine, you're protecting yourself and everyone around you. So respect everyone else and get the vaccine. And now on top of that, they've gone as far as saying, okay, if you have gotten the vaccine, now you can take your mask off. Yeah, you don't need the mask anymore. My grocery store said, hey, on Monday, you don't need to wear your mask if you're vaccinated. And I'm sitting there going, well, I'm vaccinated. Why can't I? Why do I have to wear one now? It's between now and Monday. Uh, but that's what they're saying. And again, I'm cool with that. You know, you want me to wear a mask? It's your, you know, your thing. Okay, I'll wear a mask. It's not that big of a deal. But it, it does get back to those things like you're talking about. Uh it's just a lot of stuff that doesn't make any sense. And of course, if, you know, and this is the other thing. These masks were never meant to be worn out of a sterile environment. And they were never meant to, to block the things that we're saying it needs to block. Meaning, uh, a, a, as it relates to, uh, you know, SARS-CoV, COVID-2 or whatever the technical term is. It's a real microscopic sort of thing. Um, that and that's why kids aren't. It, it has a big viral load, but it's microscopic, and that's why kids. It's not a problem for them. They can't carry that kind of viral load. Um, but it, you know, the, it is microscopic. These masks aren't. You know, most of them, except for those big dogs. You know, the N95s or the KN95s. Yeah, the cloth mask. You might as well wipe your ass with it and put it on your face, and you'll get less sick. Um, the surgical masks are, um, you know, fifty-fifty at best, and this is all studies. And, and people finally figured this out. You know, this isn't settled science. You're telling us to do something, and you're stigmatizing us. You know, what's interesting to me, Big John, is, you know, well, your point of. <clears throat> All of a sudden, we don't have to wear this stuff. That's a good point. It's interesting. You know, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but there's no coincidences. You had that jobs report that came out that was absolutely horrible, and the economy is about ready to tank and go into like 1970s problems. And then all of a sudden, that's when the, we don't have to worry about masks, we don't have to worry about regulations, we don't have to worry about lockdowns anymore. That kind of makes you wonder. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, Let's divert their attention away for a minute. Yeah. I can't remember the other point I was going to make. It just slipped my mind. But there was another point I was going to make on top of that. Uh, Maybe I'll think of it again. I don't know. It was actually a pretty good point. But, yeah, I mean, the whole mask thing, like, you know, 
um, the, the mandate goes away when the bad jobs report comes in. And that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, it, it's been politicized and used for different political gains. Uh, I, I don't want to go too far down the conspiracy road, but, you know, you had governors like Whitmer saying, well, if you want the virus to go away, vote for Biden. I mean, come on. You know, I know well, what she was trying look, to do with it, Trump is doing a bad job at it, but that's politicizing the virus, too. It, it does fit, you know, we all said six months into Biden's presidency, the virus will go away. And here we yeah. are. And it's, it's, it's gone away. And they're, and they're, and they're like, you know, they're, they're all of a sudden, it happened overnight. And what's interesting, it happened overnight. And there wasn't like a big speech. Like Biden never made a big deal about it. It just went away. You know, that's also weird too. Like, do they think it might come back and they don't want to look stupid? Um, like, what do they know that we don't know? I don't know. It's just this thing that grappled the country for a year just went away. I mean, do they want us to forget that for six months last year, they made it all sound like a nuclear bomb was about to go off and we were all going to die and we knew that wasn't true? Um, especially after a certain point. I mean, in my mind, after April, of a year, basically a year, a little more than a year ago, I knew that this wasn't what they thought it was. And it's like, get us back going. Yeah, we could get sick, but it's like anything else. You know, you take a risk. Yeah, absolutely. When, uh, we'll wrap this up because we're getting to beating a dead horse, but even when, you know, like here in Ohio, we had different uh, colors. If your county was red, you had to do certain things. And when the hospitalizations were at their worst, it still wasn't an overwhelming thing like they said it was going to be. I, I know here in Ohio alone, they were estimating 10,000 deaths a day at the peak. And thank God it never got to that point. But like we started this conversation saying, when we were talking about the environment, it, there's some things that are out of science and out of doctors' hands. And only God knows what's in this virus. It could have been man-made, but God made man. So indirectly, God is in control of it. And it's never going to change. That will never change. No, that will, in, in my belief, that will never change. And, oh, I remember the point uh, I was going to make, and that was when, when the whole mask thing came out, you know, it, it immediately went to, you had to wear it, and if you didn't wear it, you were killing people. Yeah. Right? If You, you had to wear it, and if you didn't wear it, you were killing people, and you couldn't go anywhere. Now, isn't it interesting now they're saying, hey, you don't have to wear it. Basically, you don't have to wear it anymore, if you're, especially if you're vaccinated. But if somebody's there, like they're going the extra mile. If somebody's wearing it, don't make fun of them. Don't be mean to them. Yeah. Interesting how the how how I had to put up with, you know, the harassment of not wearing a mask when I was outside on the sidewalk, walking by myself, getting harassed by people saying I'm going to kill everyone. But now all of a sudden, you know, if I see somebody wearing a mask, I'm not allowed to, you know, laugh or poke fun. Not that I would, but it's interesting that they think they have to say 
Like, where, where are people saying that for me a year ago? Hey, you have agency. Uh, you don't have to wear a mask. You should, but you don't have to. And if you don't, don't stigmatize people. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the best news that's come out of all this uh, vaccines and masks and the uh, downturn in viruses, uh, starting July 16th, the WWE is resuming live television shows. Well, they've been playing them live in front of an empty arena, but now we're going to have fans in attendance. So <laughs> all is right with the world again, I guess. Well, I got, Pe- I got Peacock because of you, so I could watch these yeah. WWE shows from way back when. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to put one on right now. Uh, old school WrestleMania. Uh, while we're talking here, uh, I think I'm going to go back to WrestleMania. What do you say? Five. Let's see what we can come up. That's the Mega Powers explode, baby. Uh-oh. <laughs> Trump Tower. Speaking of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Green. I, I I got this. Well, let me make sure I turn the sound off. But I got this live on pay-per-view. I remember. Uh, it was a big deal. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, wrestle. so wrestling's going. Oh, speaking of wrestling, though, um, was it 10 years since the Macho Man died? Yeah, it was 10 years uh, yesterday or the day before. And here's uh, the main, here the main event, WrestleMania Five, Macho Man, yeah. all vote. Probably, I would say in my mind, the best. Uh, now, I, I only go so far on wrestling history, right? But the best WrestleMania main event, Bill, was this one, Macho Man, all vote. Oh yeah, yeah, Miss Elizabeth out there, you know, with Macho, and you know. I remember so who the bad, I forget who the bad guys were in that one, but I remember Miss Elizabeth running to the dressing room and getting Hulk Hogan to come out and help his mortal enemy, the Macho Man, and then they did that handshake where they were like hesitant, and finally they shook hands, and it was the Mega Powers unite. Mega. Then, that was like that, one of the best lines that Vince McMahon ever came up with. That whole year, eighty-eight to eighty-nine. The Mega Powers, and then that was incredible. I mean, it was a year of storytelling to get from they united to then they exploded. You know, it was so cool to to build up. You know, for a whole year, their friends and people had patience for it. Yeah, you don't have you don't have patience for that storyline anymore. Right. Yeah. Now you want everything every week's like a pay per view almost. If you follow it, but uh, some speaking of God, uh, right now there's a, a battle between two ancient religions going on in Israel and Gaza, and this is just it, it's insane. And I think it goes to something I've been preaching about for a few weeks at least or month. Uh, we have a weak president and I think it's causing uh, actors around the world to see how far they can push 
U.S. diplomacy and foreign policy. Uh, supposedly, this uh, thing between Hamas, the de facto government of Gaza, uh, started with you know Israelis uh, evicting people, and then there were some clashes with Israel or Palestinian protesters and Israeli police. Uh, there were Israeli soldiers sniped, uh, shot by a sniper, lived fortunately. Uh, and then suddenly now Hamas is firing rockets over into Israel. And then Israel responds with vigor. And we've got people in our, for the first time in our United States Congress that are condemning Israel. Uh, the president's kind of trying to play the middle, middle field, center field. Uh, but what what's your thoughts on what AOC, the squad, and these people that are saying we have to take a firm stand against Israel, our ally for the last 70 years? Well, they're reading talking points from their college professors. Uh, you know, they, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, now, especially for AOC. And what's interesting with AOC, you know, those that squad, the, the jihad squad, came out and, and said what they said about Israel, that they're committing human rights atrocities. And then all of a sudden, in cities across the country, and specifically in New York City, Jews were getting beat up in the streets by various people uh and so aoc takes to instagram and says uh basically you know despite our rhetoric about israel's human rights atrocities there's no excuse to be anti-semitic and i'm sitting here going you're basically calling somebody you know subhuman and you're riling up a bunch of people and and now now on the other hand you're saying oh not me you know, don't don't blame me. No, you got to own that, and and that's you know the Republican Party and in the media, if, they, if there's such a thing anymore, they got to make her own all of those attacks on those Jewish people in this country that are protesting in defense of their homeland, and that's and that gets at the bigger issue, and the bigger issue is don't bomb, don't send missiles. You, you, you don't want to get blown up. You know what you're, you're poking the bear. You're poking the bear. Don't send missiles. Don't send rocket launch missiles into Israel. And you don't have anything to worry about. But, you know, th this is about Arab nationalism. This is about, you know, deep-seated hate, funded hate, uh, provoked hate on, on a group of poor Arabs that have been rejected by many different Arab countries over the years, and they're using them as pawns in a larger game. And Iran is typically behind this. And the beautiful thing about Donald Trump was, you know, the Abraham Accords and all of those peace deals that happened, you know, nine, ten months ago or whatever. You know, that was because Donald Trump decided to engage Saudi Arabia and not try to kiss ass with the PLO or Hamas or whatever, and said, look, we're gonna go through Saudi Arabia and we're gonna, we're, we're gonna leverage that partnership to hell with Iran. And 
and we're, we're, we're going to try to sign as many deals as we can to isolate the so-called Palestinians in, their, in this so-called Palestine. And we're going to cut it off that way. And that was happening because I think the Trump folks understood if there's going to be a Mideast peace deal, it's not going to be with the so-called Palestinian people with Israel. It's going to be deal after deal after deal with other folks. And then eventually all that's left is PLO Hamas. And they're going to have to make some, and they're going to have to, you know, go somewhere, you know. But here's something I want you to hear that sums it up. Uh, this is Joan Rivers from 2014. And Joan Rivers, of course, is dead. But this is seven years ago on this very issue. And it, the, this truth that she's speaking it was rings as solid then as it does today. Oh, wait a minute. I gotta, apparently I have to enter in a uh, passcode, which is always, <laughs> which is always nice. And then, um, New Jersey will finally get celebrity reactions to what's going on with the Palestinians in Israel right now. Let me just tell you. If New Jersey were firing rockets into New York, we would wipe them out. I am so bored. We heard they were digging tunnels from New Jersey to New York. We would get rid of Jersey. So I don't want to hear anymore. Oh, we'll do a partial truce. The Palestinians cannot throw rockets and expect people not to defend themselves. What about the civilian casualty rates? Civilians, then don't put your goddamn things in private homes. I'm sorry, don't, don't you dare put weapon stashes in, in, in private homes and then we say get out. Of, of course, we're going to do it. The response normally is where, where are the civilians supposed to go? I don't care. They started it. it is, you're all insane. They started it. What are you all saying? They started The Israelis did not throw their for months this has been going on. What are you supposed to do? How do you resolve? I don't know, because I have been over there. That's how I know. And I wish the world would know. And BBC should be ashamed of themselves. And CNN should be ashamed of themselves. And everybody, stop it already. You know what? And let's just pick up right there. The media in this country should be ashamed of themselves. Because there is this moral equivalency that is always drawn when there's problems in the Middle East. Well, prior to Trump, that stopped with Trump, and now it's picking back up again. There is no moral equivalence between the terrorists of Hamas, PLO, or whatever. There's no moral equivalence to what they're what the, to their cause in, in Israel. And to me, the, the the tipping point is you can be an Arab and live in Israel and have full voting rights and participate and even serve in government. But if you were a Jew, could you do that in an Arab country? Absolutely, nope. absolutely not. And and so, you know, Joan Rivers was pretty blunt, but it's also the truth. And there's no moral equivalence, and that's a problem. If you try to draw a moral equivalence 
to what the Palestinians are doing, so-called you know Palestinians of Palestine. Uh, this is Jewish only, right? The, the, this this land belongs to the Jews, and that's how it is. And they have been cordoned off in every part of the globe, and they had to come back. This is their area, and I'm, I, and, I'm and I'm here to tell people. That, that is historically accurate. And, you know, as a Christian who has claimed to certain areas over there as well, that is respected by Jewish people. Claims by Arabs are respected by Jewish people in, in, the Jew, in, in Israel, the Jewish government in Israel. Uh, but here, here's the deal. That you will never drive... You know, you can say humanitarian, whatever, AOC squad, you will never drive the Jewish people from this land. Never going to happen. No, they uh, they they're protected from up on high. And, you know, many times since their existence, uh, people have tried to uh, terrorize the Jewish people tried to invade and every time, even they were when they were outgunned and outmanned, they came out on top because they're fighting for their nation, their people. They're, they're, they're fighting for their existence. Yeah. And, and their divine existence. They're not going to be run out like they were in Europe. That, that those that's done. This is their land. Yeah, and this uh, Netanyahu is not uh, the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is not a he's guy not to take lightly. He he ain't gonna mess around. He's not playing. And 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 before people say to me, well, where should the Palestinians go? Well, why don't you take a look at the size of Israel? in this region and compare it to all of the other Arab countries it's a speck of sand right these Palestinians can go anywhere they're Arabs okay they could go to Syria they could go to Jordan they could go to all kinds of places Egypt they don't want they, they've been this is a group of people, to their credit to a degree, that have been marginalized by even their own and used yeah. as pawns. And used as pawns for the sole purpose of driving Israel into the Mediterranean Sea. You know, this group of Palestinians, what they call in Palestine or whatever, you know, this is a group of people that are in, in, in the eyes of some, not mine, but rejects. And so we're going to use these people. We don't want them. We don't want them in Jordan. We don't want them in Syria. We don't want them in Lebanon. We don't want them anywhere. We want them here because that makes it tough on the Jews. That's what this is. It's it's nationalism. Arab nationalism. And if you don't understand that, then you're never going to solve this problem. Yeah, it's a, a very different culture over there. And you have Israel surrounded by nations 
where the leaders, uh, especially like Iran, for example, have said it's their goal to uh, annihilate Israel from the face of the earth. So, yeah, they're not going to let the Palestinians into their countries. One, because they feel the Palestinians are uh, a lower form of Arab from them. And also it keeps uh, pressure and excuse to fight with Israel. So... Uh, it just it pissed me off the other day when I saw uh, AOC introducing this bill to keep uh, weapons out of the hands of Israelis. This seven hundred thirty-five billion dollar uh, cash of weapons we were going to sell. It's something we do every year with Israel, uh, and she wants to stop it because she thinks that you know. Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib are right and that Israel is using these weapons to terrorize uh, Palestinians when it's like, look at who started it. And then you get this other idiot, Trevor Noah. Uh, I saw him, they played a clip on Steven Crowder's show that's on Rumble now. Uh, He's been kicked off YouTube for a while, but He's on Rumble and he played a clip from Trevor Noah going, well, you know, Israel has this big army and uh, the Palestinians don't. And when I was a kid, I was a teenager and my little brother would hit me and my mom would say, don't hit him back because you're bigger than he is. So maybe Israel shouldn't respond with so much uh, force when these missiles come or flying out of uh, Gaza or the West Bank or wherever they're shooting them from on any particular day. Yeah, that's bullshit. Frank, if I, if I could be frank, <laughs> uh, don't call me Shirley. Uh, that, yeah, that's that's just incredible talk. I mean, people, this is a sovereign nation that has been set up through, think of them what you want, international orders from left to right. And you don't just get to mess with that, you know. It, well, you can, but you know, don't come crying when 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 the big boys come out and, and handle. It. And you know, it's like, oh, you're 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 attacking civilians. Well, don't put the damn bombs next to the homes. You know, they know what they're doing. Oh yeah, they use human shields all the time to gain sympathy, uh, and that's a. A tactic of theirs. Remember when uh, we went to the first Gulf War and probably the second one when George Bush invaded Iraq? Uh, you know, Saddam Hussein and his people were saying, well, you know, we're going to put civilians or we're going to put the Americans that just happen to be in this country in strategic buildings. So if you blow up these buildings, you're blowing up civilians. Well, don't put your rocket base next to a school or a hospital or there's this big deal that Israel uh, sent planes to blow up a building that the Associated Press was sharing with Hamas and you see that clip played over and over on the news like it's 9-11 where uh, Israel it's journalism 9-11 that's what, yeah. and that tells you, and that tells you all you need to know about the AP and the and the journalism. 
You know, you're, you say you're in that building for X amount of years and you don't know that a freaking terrorist organization's in there too. And, the, and, and Israel gave you heads up that, hey, we're going to blow this thing up. You better, you know, get the hell out of here. I mean, that's typical media whining and crying. They don't like how it worked out. And they got called. They're, they're, they're hanging out with terrorists. All right, I think that's a good stopping point right there. Uh, we covered every uh, topic that's popular today, <laughs> uh, from climate change to terrorism, uh, professional wrestling, uh, and anything in between. But this was Americana the American Way with Big John. I'm on Parlor at The Real Big John. I'm also on Rumble. Uh, on Americana, the American Way channel. That was my buddy Doc. His podcast is called The Break Wall. So you can check him out on your podcast platforms, The Break Wall. And he's on Twitter at uh, The Break Wall 2. So, Break Wall, the number 2. So... After all that, God bless y'all. Have a good day and pray for each other. I hope you enjoyed this.